0: Hello and welcome to the Permanent Good Podcast, a podcast that's part movie club, part improv comedy. My name is Craig Wells, A.K.A. Permanent Handle,
1: and I'm Alex Good, A.K.A. Alex Good.
0: Now, listen. Here's the thing: Alex and I are recording on what one might call an incredibly tight schedule today. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think for the sake of uh, efficiency, we are gonna we're gonna forego the intro. I do have a small note on the intro. Okay. Okay, I found out note. that
1: multiple people in my family and close friends are listening to the podcast now. It might just be a one-off episode. I know for a fact one of them listened to Top Gun. Okay. Here's the situation. People are turning away from the podcast because they don't know when the movie part's going to start. So, for those people, we're going to start this podcast for you in the first 90 seconds.
0: Yeah. like you, like you, we, we are on it for you. So, this week... We are talking about Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines, and also Terminator Salvation. uh, Movies 3 and 4 in the Terminator franchise, in which we are covering throughout the entire course of June. We are going to be talking about them, all spoilers, so if you don't want to hear us talk about them at all, you can go ahead and skip to this time code right here.
1: Time code, 24 minutes.
0: So... You, Alex, have been very lukewarm on the previous Terminator movies that we have seen. Right, you know, g- general disinterest in the story, not liking the characters very much, and you had the sentiment of, "I know the rest of the movies aren't going to be good, but hope, but hopefully, the action will have modernized enough to where I can stomach them a little bit easier."
1: Right, I was. The hope was whatever I was lacking in plot. They would gain in watchability. And? It it was a perfect one-for-one one trade. <laughs> it was, we're going to, the small plot we had going for us is going to be non-existent. And we are going to boost the action. And it really wasn't boosting the action because the first two had plenty of action. It was boosting the CGI. Yeah. We're just going to make it look better. But we're going to do the same stuff.
0: So, Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines is the movie uh, this is what I don't like about like the plot point of this movie? Like you said, these plots are you know wet paper thin at this point, yeah. And so, John Connor is like, We stopped Judgment Day, and he's in his 20s at this point, and with no purpose in life because w- he knew he was gonna lead this resistance a resistance that doesn't need to exist anymore you know he turns to alcohol he is unemployed i mean like the fact that he might be homeless you know that's kind of implied um and The movie is like, oh, you didn't stop Judgment Day. You just delayed it. So instead of Judgment Day happening in 1994, it happens in 2003. And so this movie is John Connor, his eventual wife, and the Terminator trying to delay Judgment Day once again.
1: While another Terminator comes after them.
0: Yes. And here's what I'll say. For all you know... All the nonsense that this franchise does in terms of plot, it's casting specifically for the Terminators, rock solid every time.
1: Yeah. I don't I think the second Terminator is the scariest. Yes. Um, but this one wasn't bad.
0: No, I really liked her as a Terminator. Especially the kind of Terminator she was and like what she was supposed to be doing. I, I think it was a I think she did a very good job with that.
1: Right. Now, that being said, we're dealing with different actors and actresses now. The only person that's in this movie from the previous ones is Arnold Schwarzenegger and the psychiatrist. Yes. Um,
0: Who, you would argue, isn't important.
1: Yeah. he. This movie is his cameo. Yeah. Um, listen, dude. I think Arnold Schwarzenegger has nailed down the Terminator acting part. He plays yes. a very good robot. Everyone else in this movie, minus TX, the new Terminator, needed work.
0: I very much agree because I don't know whoever is playing John Connor. I should have it pulled up.
1: Nick Stahl. Yeah, not great. See, the thing is, they recast the child actor. Yeah. Um, they could have kept him because these movies are so far apart. They could have kept him, but I think there was like a falling out where maybe he was like he did typical child actor stuff. And probably got into drugs or something. I think that's in the trivia. Read up on it, audience. We do it for you all the time. But I think they just had to, re- they had to recast him. And guess what? In the next movie, four, they try to get Nick Stahl again. And he couldn't be in this movie. Maybe he was the one with the drugs and stuff. Either way, they've had to cast three people right now as John Connor. And it's getting obnoxious.
0: Yeah. And unfortunately, they get worse every time.
1: Yeah. And also, they look nothing alike. Yeah. They they have none of the same mannerisms. It's just weird. And then Kate Brewster, which is his wife in the future, but at this time, we see her what? Her fiance get killed? Yeah. And then her dad get killed?
0: And Kate Brewster is played by Claire Danes, for what it's
1: You might know her from Homeland. Um, And then she gets recast. I think this is her, right? I'm going to double check. Um, I
0: honestly couldn't tell you. Okay. I know the character you're talking about, but I honestly could not tell you if it's supposed no. to be Kate Brewster or not. Oh, it is. It's okay, supposed okay. to be.
1: So we, Kate Brewster marries Connor and becomes Kate Connor and is now played by Bryce Dallas Howard, the redhead from Jurassic World. Yeah. Um, it doesn't make sense, dude.
0: It's It just feels really sloppy in general. So this movie, I think a lot of it suffers... From being a 2003 movie, there are so many action movies, specifically sci fi action movies, from, you know, like 1999 through 2005, when, you know, CG was starting to become more apparent. We were getting better at it, but we weren't there yet. And so there's a certain look to a lot of these movies. These, like, they're, I think a lot of it has to do with they're starting to shoot digitally. And that is kind of creating a not-as-great look of the movie itself. So I think how it is shot is a lot of this movie's detriment rather than the CG itself. Um, Because, you know, this movie and the movie I want to compare this to is um, Liberty Stand Still. Okay. Because the way that they're shot in in just general like cinematography, uh, aesthetic, is like... uh like I could tell this is a Hollywood movie, but there's something about it that's just not quite falling into place. Like like I don't know if there was if the lighting was wrong or something like that, but it just it didn't feel as professional.
1: Well it let me starts- tell you, it might have something to do with that this is the first movie that James Cameron wasn't attached to. Yes. And he's yes. kinda known for making things look beautiful and cinematic.
0: Yeah. That's true. That's also So we got a true. new
1: guy in and you can tell, dude. But also like everything seems off. The dialogue seems off, the acting seems off, the cinematography, the way things are shot seems off. It feels like a spin-off. It does. And
0: Nick Stahl and Arnold Schwarzenegger have no chemistry together at all. Like there are to- like there's there are scenes where Nick Stahl is like uh trying to like get the Terminator to remember things cuz this is a different Version of the same model of the term. It's it's complicated.
1: Yeah. So everything it, he taught the previous Terminator doesn't apply to this one. They just look the same.
0: And so Nick Stahl is like trying to jog his memory, trying to like find some sort of middle ground with this Terminator, and he's just not having it. And so Nick Stahl has to like keep bouncing off this brick wall and doesn't know what to do about it, which I think is part writing, part chemistry. And it it's makes the character interactions, which is what I liked about Terminator two. It, it makes them fall so incredibly flat.
1: Also, there's like very little continuity between this movie and the last movie. Like I don't remember what happened in two because this movie didn't talk about any of it at yeah, all yeah
0: and what it did whatever it did bring up it did it only to erase it
1: right like to be honest i'm gonna be real with you i don't know what happened to sarah connor did she die
0: yes she yeah how she did she got die di- she got diagnosed with something i don't remember what but she got diagnosed with something and like the last like six months of her life was putting together like apocalypse plans in case Judgment Day were to happen again. Which is why, and this is honestly one of like three scenes I vividly remember in this movie, which is why they have to go to her grave, which is not actually her grave. It is a coffin in a graveyard full of guns. Okay. And, so there's, and so there's a scene of Arnold Schwarzenegger carrying a coffin full yep. of military-grade explosives and weapons well, through a graveyard. Well, they're shot at. Yeah.
1: Okay. So here's the thing. That didn't make any sense. I know the scene you're referring to, but it was there's so much exposition in this movie to like rationalize where we're at, what the problem is, who everybody is, or even just to
0: rationalize why this movie exists.
1: It felt weird. It felt off. I felt like the writers were like, "Hey, we ended the last movie really well," and it's the problem that like you know the third movie is gonna make money. But the second one ended well. So how are we going to create a problem? Because the last one didn't end on a cliffhanger. No, yeah. this happens every time. This happens with, you know, your James Bond that was supposed to end. But we're going to come back and do it again. Well, the last movie ended really well. So we have to invent a new problem that is supposed to be persistent through all the movies. It's hard to do. And this movie did it badly.
0: But (laughs) the action was not bad.
1: I will say it's comparable to the rest of the movies. There are a couple yeah. cool scenes like that coffin where he's just getting lit up and it looks cool, but it is what it is.
0: And there's also the the crane fight scene where the, like a a crane is driving down the road just smashing into buildings. It's one of the the problem with that scene though is what I liked a lot about Terminator 2 is all of their action sequences Felt like a means to an end. Like I know what the goal of this fight scene is. This movie did not have that. Where there were lots of action sequences that I'm just like, okay, and now they get away. I guess, and we move on. I guess.
1: Yeah, I don't know, dude. Also, Arnold is visibly older. However, he is in great shape. So, props to him. Yeah. Um, there's some weird scenes. Where like the Terminator gets stuck to a magnet, but it yeah. turns out that just slows it down, and doesn't do anything. And then at the very end, they both steal helicopters, and then she takes over the mind of the original Terminator. There's just so much going on. Yeah, that, because like,
0: the, it felt weird. Because the deal with the, with the TX was that it could manipulate other computers.
1: Like, in control of the robots. So there's a scene where, like, a bunch of robots come in, and that's what kills Kate's dad, who's a commander in the Air Force, who sets off Skynet. Like, he gets killed by robots.
0: This movie ends in a a way that is different than how most movies end. Yeah. Which is, the movie ends on kind of a bummer note.
1: Yep. And... The uh, everything you did was for nothing note.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, the... Arnold Schwarzenegger is like, my mission is to protect John Connor. You know, my mission is to protect Kate Brewster. And then the movie ends with them being in an underground bunker to protect them from Judgment Day. And so the end of the movie is not we saved the day. It's, well, now we know that we can form the resistance to after Judgment Day is complete.
1: Yeah, after nukes just blew up half the world and sent us into like a post-apocalyptic state
0: yeah um in general you could it, stop at T2 I guess
1: <laughs> yeah if you're not gonna commit to the whole series like we are stop at t2 it does you don't need the rest
0: so rise of the machines 5.75
1: um I'm gonna give it I mean I did not like this movie I'll give it a sure five just a flat five
0: okay fair 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 um now Terminator salvation. Is bad, bad.
1: Okay, this movie is very easy to forget. It's a Terminator movie. This Uh, is the Tokyo Drift.
0: (laughs) Yes, of the Terminator. There are Terminators in this movie, just like there are cars in Tokyo Drift. But to say that these are part of the same franchise is um, only by technical definition.
1: Yeah, in the fact that we're using the same names and and like it's supposed to be canon but none of the characters are the same and it would have helped anchor it in reality if they didn't recast everybody again.
0: Yeah. So we have Christian Bale and Sam Worthington in this movie who are hot off the presses in two of the most successful movies of all time. (laughs) Right.
1: I was thinking this. I'm like, you know, Christian Bale took this after he was Batman.
0: And then Sam Worthington took this after he would be in the, Highest grossing movie of all time for 10 years.
1: I'm like, this was obviously a money grab.
0: Yes, obviously.
1: Obviously a money grab. Bryce Dallas Howard is in this. And the thing is, is you need to have just watched three for any of this to make sense. Yeah. Because you won't know who's, who's who. You'd be like, okay, John Connor. Gotcha. I know what happened. How did we get here again? Oh, yeah. They set off the apocalypse. All right. Kate Connor, who is she again? Oh, yeah, she was played by Claire Danes, and now she's a redhead and looks completely different. Got it. She's completely different. Who is Sam Worthington again? Oh, he's a new character. Got it. And you're just trying to figure out who everything is and what's going on for half the movie.
0: And I, I don't know what the plot of this movie was supposed to be. I feel like this movie was supposed to have layers, but all I remember is... Kyle Reese was kidnapped by Skynet, and John Connor needed to rescue him before the the Resistance blew up that facility, because John knew if Kyle died, he would die.
1: Yeah, and then we don't know how this would... And we don't know, like, via time travel, how that would affect the timeline.
0: And this is a two-hour movie, and that's kind of all I got from it.
1: Yeah. There's also some distrust, because we find out that... Okay, so... I guess I'm beef with this movie. It's it's just as bad to me as three, but in different ways. Sure. So Sam Worthington is in this movie, and then you find out that he used to be a felon, he was executed, right? And then he gets turned into a cyborg who
0: Whose purpose was to infiltrate the resistance. Yeah. And you as find that out human. at the very
1: end. And to be honest, that seemed sketchy. That seemed like an afterthought at the end of this movie with like the whole thing was a part of the plan. I'm like, I don't know if I believe that.
0: And it should be noted. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Sam Worthington was sentenced to an execution like before judgment day. Right? Yes. And so is, is he sent through time or is he just kind of trapped
1: in a bunker? So then Christian in the beginning of the movie, John Connor goes and infiltrates some old factory, whatever. And he, You see a bunch of people in cages and a lot of people are dying. There's lots of carcasses and whatever. And Sam Worthington has been like in a hibernation state.
0: And also before we move on, this is (laughs) Terry Crews was also in this movie for one scene as a dead guy. Yeah, because he was supposed to be prominent in this movie, but almost everything he did got cut. So he's just in one scene as a dead body at the very beginning. I'm like, I well,
1: was confused. I'm like, okay, so, so was obviously I. we're gonna have a flashback that explains how he's dead. Nope, he's just dead. It was weird. At, at the end of the day, I there's some all stars in this thing. It felt weird that half these people had scenes with Christian Bale. I'm like, what are Common, the rapper, and Christian Bale <laughs> sharing a screen for?
0: And also. Everyone is phoning it in. Like, Sam Worthington, I think, is doing a very typical Sam Worthington job, but everyone else, is like, Helen they O'Baron are there Brown to... Carter
1: is in this, bro. Yeah.
0: yeah. And this is, I will I will put a stamp on this, Christian Bale's
1: worst performance.
0: It is, I will say it,
1: bad. I don't know if it's the worst performance. I It's his worst movie, but now, I don't know if it's... I,
0: I'm willing to say it's his worst performance because he tries to give John Connor this very, like, rough and rugged, like, I've seen some stuff kind of attitude. But it doesn't, I don't think it fits that character super well. And he does it in a very Batman-like way, which I understand, you know, like we said, he's hot off Batman, it makes sense. But, like, when every piece of dialogue spoken by Christian Bale is in that, like, It's in that, like, I'm here. Yes. Okay. Like, hey, John, you're just a normal dude now. You don't have to
1: talk like that. feels weird. And this bugged me about T2 is the last time we saw you, you were normal. And this, like, with Sarah Connor, the last time we saw her, she was normal. Now she's supposed to be a badass. And in this movie, the last time we saw him, he was just a weird kid trapped in a bunker. And now he's supposed to be the leader of a movement. It feels disorienting and weird. That being said, this movie is a prequel, kind of. It's a prequel that takes place in the future. And once you know how one and two, you really don't need to watch three for this. I guess you're supposed to, but it doesn't matter. It's a prequel. You realize that, okay, so he's trying to save Kyle Reese because in the first movie, Kyle Reese comes back to protect his mom so that he can be born. And if he doesn't save Kyle Reese, he won't go back in time to save his mom. And then lo and behold, John and Connor will never have existed. Um, Another cool thing about this movie is they have like tapes from his mom, from Sarah Connor, being like, hey, by this time you interact with your dad and send him back in time, you're going to be older than him. Like, I can't imagine how disorienting it is. Just make sure he's safe. Make sure it's just weird. But knowing the context of the movie, it was very cool how they set it up.
0: Yeah, I really don't have much to say about it. This is more of a military movie than it is a like sci-fi action movie i would say I also,
1: by the way this movie came out in 2009 they only said it nine years in the future yeah bold. i'm like oh that's i would never do that bro nine move dude movies that came out nine years ago people still watch send it 50 right so that <laughs> way it's so far by the time we watch it it's going to be a classic you know but now we all know what 2018 was like this is weird <laughs> so I'm like, "Hey, set it farther in the future." Back to the Future did it perfectly. By the time we get there, it's going to be cool that we made it. Yeah. This they did not have to wait very long. There were still Terminators coming out when this movie is supposed to be taking place in the future. <laughs> so this is just a bad idea. Um what would you think about the Schwarzenegger cameo? Um
0: what it was it was weird that it was young Arnold Schwarzenegger, right?
1: Yeah. Like, and it was mostly CGI.
0: Yeah. Because it what yeah, it was mostly CGI because he was a governor at the time. Yeah, um, yeah I just, it, it was whatever. It was cool as far as like, it felt like a box it needed to check.
1: Yeah, it reminded me I was watching a Terminator movie. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's right. I forgot. Also, thing I didn't like about this movie is this is the first movie where the Terminators were just straight up robots. yeah Like none of them. Were humans trying to blend in. None of that happened. It was just straight up robots.
0: Here's the best part of Terminator Salvation is it created probably the most iconic movie theater arcade game that would just be oh. everywhere for like yeah. 15 years. <laughs> I remember the Terminator Salvation arcade game. I would go to our movie theater. And first of all, so expensive. It was the most expensive one. And then being a kid, you know, I didn't, I wasn't any good at it. So I would die after like two or three waves and it'd be like, that wasn't fun, but it was
1: cool. Yeah. I I never played it because it was so expensive, but now I'd want to knowing I've seen this movie. You know, this is like catching the reference years after it's been relevant.
0: That same machine was at the rec center at my first college. So I was able to play it a few times, like when I was like 18 and just like, ah, I am such a better person now.
1: <laughs> yeah, dude, I don't know. Anything else to say about I'm this to movie's This movie's a four.
0: This movie's a four. I didn't okay. like
1: it at all. I didn't think it was a four. There was a couple times where I'm like, this movie is hard to watch, but at the end it's pure action and doubling down on everything it's built before. I think the first half of this movie is hard to get through straight up Difficult. Um, I think the last half you're already invested. I'm gonna give this one a tie with the first one. They're bad for different reasons. Okay. But they're both bad. Actually, I'm gonna give it a. I'm gonna give, edge it out a little bit. I'm gonna give it a
0: 5.25. Sure. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, God, and we're gonna have to do this
1: one more time. <laughs> yeah, one more time. But here's the thing. I'm standing by my original hypothesis. Like, as they get worse, visually they're going to be better. And I'm pretty sure Arnold's in the rest of them. Yes. So mm-hmm. that's a good sign. Um, I will say uh, the ratings do not get better. No, these. they don't. But so, that's next
0: week's problem.
1: We'll figure it out then.
0: Uh, let's welcome back our non movie listeners. We are doing an improv segment that we are calling Consistent Cutaways. Uh, very simple in premise. Uh, execution might be a little different. Uh, it's a very, we just do a normal improv scene. But whenever the scene calls for some sort of reference or callback, we will then perform the reference or callback that we are referring or calling back to. And then return to the original
1: scene. Listen, man, it's not impossible. It can be done.
0: (laughs) We've done Um, it at
1: least once. We've done it a couple times. And it's not easy, but we're getting good. So So the
0: scene that I was thinking of. And maybe if we have time, we could do more than one. Uh, this is, we're going to be doing a scene in a movie where a mob boss makes a threatening phone call, but the recipient doesn't know who it is because he knows like four people with that same name.
1: Okay. <laughs> Golly. So who, you want to be the mob boss? Sure. Sweet. Hey boss, we got a uh, Jimmy on the line for you.
0: Perfect. Uh, I'll take it over here. Listen here. Do you know who you're talking to?
1: Hey, uh, boss, I got bad news for you. It's Jimmy. Um, Listen, I lost our shipment. I'm working on it, but I'm not going to have your money until at least Thursday.
0: Wait, um Jimmy. Jimmy Jimmy Buffett? Jimmy no, Buffett?
1: No, Jimmy the kid. Jimmy, I'm the, Jimmy kid. the kid.
0: Right, the young Jimmy. Right. The young hey, Jimmy. Hey boss, we
1: got another guy. Uh we got Jimmy on on line 3. You're going okay. to have to
0: Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Listen, all right. I got Jimmy the kid on the other line, so you better make this fast.
1: All right. Hey boss, um I don't know why you're making me call you that, but uh, turn. Uh, my mom wanted me to reach out to you and uh, tell Wait, you- Wait, your mom? Miss- Wait. Yeah. It's you Jimmy, not- your nephew.
0: And you're different from Jimmy, the kid.
1: Yeah. He's the kid. I'm your nephew. We're actually related.
0: Okay. Then I was at the wrong elementary school graduation ceremony. Cuts to the wrong elementary <laughs> graduation ceremony.
1: Hey, that's my nephew. How you doing, kid? I don't know you. Who is this Stop guy? Stop saying
0: you know me!
1: Does he have a gun on him? Should we call the police? 911? 9-1- 911 <laughs> cuts 9-1 to the police station. Uh, hey, boss. Okay, I guess we're just in New York now. Hey, boss. Um, uh, we just got a call from Stewart Elementary. Apparently, there's a guy who's just losing his mind and he seems to be packing. Should we even respond?
0: I say, send a team down there. Let them figure it out.
1: All right. Cuts back to the elementary school. Hey, it's SWAT. <laughs> Put your hands up. You, in the bleachers. Hey, hey, this is just my nephew's graduation. Oh, he, who's your nephew? Prove it.
0: Um, J- Jimmy, raise your hand. J- no, Jimmy, um, uh, no, uh, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Toboggan. Jimmy Toboggan, are you up there? There's no Jimmy Tobacco that goes here. Wait. Who are you? No, I'm a... Listen, sir, I'm
1: going to have to bring you in. A lot of people are calling. Let them finish their graduation.
0: Oh, oh, just because I show up to an elementary school graduation wearing nothing but a white tank top and a Speedo, you think that you can just arrest me because I'm at the wrong graduation?
1: Cuts back to the phone call. Yeah, my mom said uh, you missed the party because you were in jail for showing up at a graduation.
0: Listen, it's a long story, okay? Now, I have another Jimmy on the other line, so uh, let's uh, make this quick.
1: Yeah, again, I'm calling you to tell you that you missed the party. My mom wanted me to reach reach out to you and tell you that you owe a gift or something.
0: Right, your mom, your
1: mom. Your sister, Kathy, Kathy, Kathy. you only have two sisters and I'm the only nephew you got.
0: Yeah, it was a coin flip. I had no chance either way. Hey, boss.
1: Jimmy the kid is getting very impatient over here.
0: Okay, listen. I'll uh call. I'll call Lizzie later. Okay. All right. But-
1: talk to you later, Uncle.
0: <laughs> uh, yo. Uh, Jimmy hey, boss. The kid. Before you
1: get back to Jimmy the kid, I just uh,
0: started talking to him.
1: I'm, I'm 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 sorry, boss. But we got we got Jimmy on the line for you.
0: Okay. Okay. Um. All right. Hey, Jimmy the kid. I'm so sorry. Um. I'll uh i'll I'll venmo you something i uh, I'll boss
1: to... I'm the one who owes you money man what's going on
0: oh why did you volunteer that piece of information
1: i'm I'm trying to build loyalty here i I heard I was moving up oh boss like I said we got another Jimmy on the line okay he says okay he's freaking out
0: okay okay um or, or, okay uh just come back to the bar at like in like uh forty five minutes or something
1: okay I'll fix whatever you say boss
0: um yeah what's up other Jimmy John hey right? hey Are boss. You Jimmy jo- hey boss Are you Jimmy boss I- Jimmy I'm just... is this J- jimmy johns
1: no i'm himmy hans
0: oh okay yeah sorry
1: listen boss i need help i got a body down here and i don't know what to do with it
0: yeah you certainly most got a body
1: boss this is himmy hans
0: oh right right You're yeah hitman yeah the man without a body Himi the
1: hitman hans boss <laughs> i got a body here and i don't know what to do with it wait man. wait
0: wait 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 Hold on, you're my hitman, and you don't know what to do with
1: a body you created? Well, hear me out, boss, if you (laughs) let me explain myself.
0: It sounds like you're a bad hitman. It's your
1: wife. Well, why'd you kill her? You gave me bad information. You said to kill her twin. They were going to be at the same place, but the one with the red hair had to go. Well, guess what? Your wife just got back from the salon, boss. I didn't know what to do. So you
0: ended up killing, uh, Martha?
1: Yeah, boss. Your wife, Martha.
0: Okay, okay, okay. Just, uh, sorry. Unfortunately,
1: Mary's here. She walked in. I've been taking care of Martha. And you said to kill her originally, so I took her out too. Now, I know what to do with that body, boss. But do you want a funeral for this broad? Because it's your wife.
0: So you're saying I got no wife and no rebound.
1: Yeah, but with her sister. Cuts to them having an affair at a restaurant with your sister. Hey, hey, hey! Uh, what do you want me to call you? I know you. I, I know Martha want, want wants me to call you Johnny, but it just doesn't seem right.
0: Well, um, uh, quite personally, I uh really don't care what you call me as long as you don't call me Shirley. Am I right? <laughs>
1: Yeah, here's the thing, Johnny. I This just feels wrong, you know, going around Martha's back like this.
0: Now, listen, it ain't easy to go behind Martha's back because she's got so much of it, am I right?
1: Hey, I I know you're trying to be funny, but but we're twins. And, you know, it makes me uncomfortable because I feel like you're also talking about me, you know. Listen.
0: No one ain't trying to talk about you. Why do you think that we're doing this in the broad day of light? Am I right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, Johnny. Well, here's the thing. I don't know if this is going to work out, right? Because you are with my sister and she's going to find out. And you know what? I think we should just come out and tell her.
0: Cuts to the doctor's office 12 hours before this affair meeting. Yeah, I don't know, Doc. I think I just got, like, pneumonia or something.
1: I told you to lay off the cigarettes, Johnny. It's going to do you in. You For spent pneumonia? so much time. Yes. Do you think all those cigarettes you were trading in jail were going to make your lungs stronger? It rains once, and you're coughing up a lung. They're related, Johnny.
0: But the but the guy on the inside said that, uh, that these were the non-bad cigarettes.
1: The guy on the inside yeah. You believed any guy on the inside. What is yeah. the saying for my name? The DR, Doctor. You got to believe me. Oh, I thought that just, just said dir- dude, Johnny. I swear on my life, man. <laughs> I'm trying to help you here. Cuts back to the date. Listen, and I just think I just think we should tell Martha. It's not good for me. Cuts back to the conversation with the hitman. You said after meeting with her, she <laughs> was going to turn you in. And I
0: Sorry.
1: had to kill her.
0: Uh, sorry. Now, I'm getting my- over a bad case of double pneumonia. It got worse somehow.
1: Jeez, it's been like twenty-four hours. Yeah. Last time I talked to you, you were you're gonna lose one. You tell me you might lose both?
0: Listen, I think that you're focused on the wrong thing here vis a vis my pneumonia. Okay? I think you should really be worried about if you're getting another check after a job like this.
1: You told me to kill the mistress. She was gonna turn you in. Then you gave me some horrible instructions. No, my Not your fault, boss, but it's not my fault either. So I did Martha in. Now I got two dead broads over here. Now, do you want me to package one up like it was an accident so you can have a funeral for your wife? How do you want this to look? Because if I get rid of both of these bodies and you have two disappearances on your hands, it's going to look bad.
0: Well, I'm going to tell you exactly how I want this to look. Double homicide Hey, and boss, we got another Jimmy on the line over here. I was gonna end the scene, but okay. Yeah, we got another Jimmy on the Jimmy line.
1: Oh, boss, he's getting impatient. Yeah, he's let getting me- impatient. He needs you to talk him off the off the ledge.
0: Yeah, uh, give me the phone, I guess.
1: Johnny, I can't do this anymore. I'm gonna do myself in. I can't work for you anymore, Tox Gun.
0: <laughs> I've never been interrupted when trying to stop a scene so badly like that before. <laughs>
1: Once I realize what you're trying to do, I'm like, well, I have to end the scene. <laughs> Suicide attempt.
0: Um, that is probably the longest scene we've ever done.
1: But also the best I've ever done with voices. It doesn't get much sure. better than that. Mostly because I'm rough. So, Craig, I heard you had a little uh, middle segment for us here.
0: Yeah, we're just going to do some moonlighting because I've been watching a lot of stuff and uh, it makes for good uh, middle segments. Makes sure, for man. easy middle segments.
1: Uh, um, what you got?
0: I watched, I talked about seeing, I think, the first two Jurassic Park movies and then I never got back to you in terms of the rest of them. So, we're just right. going to do rapid fire entire Jurassic Park franchise.
1: It, okay,
0: golly. One. Great. Two, good. Three, interesting, but not good. Jurassic World, not bad, I guess. Not my cup of tea, but like, I didn't really care. One of the highest
1: grossing films of all time.
0: Yeah, and I just didn't, it's not bad. I just didn't care for it. Uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Just straight up. And then Jurassic World Dominion is probably, in my opinion, the best of the three. In terms of jurassic worlds but still not great like so let's talk about jurassic world dominion since it just came out Mm -hmm. um the movie is not well made it is a poorly made movie but there are still really cool moments and the dinosaurs which is obviously the most important part are like there's a lot of really cool moments with them so what i've learned is uh chris pratt is just bad in these movies I, I don't now, know.
1: Is it his? How much of it is his fault?
0: At least half.
1: Oh, okay. okay.
0: <laughs> um, Bryce Dallas Howard is fine. See, and in terms of Bryce Dallas Howard's character, I think none of that is her fault. I think she is a much more interesting leading character in the Jurassic World trilogy, but they keep sidelining her to try to make Chris Pratt's character more important when he is not nearly as interesting.
1: Oh, good to know.
0: And so this moment all culminates cuz Jurassic World Dominion has like the original squad team up with this Jurassic World new squad.
1: So we're bringing <laughs> we're doing what every movie is doing now like Star Wars and Marvel Spider-Man's and whatnot is yes. let's bring back the people from the original ones and hope that we can Do the old switcheroo and steal some of that money.
0: At the very least, give this movie some credibility.
1: Yeah, that's fair.
0: So, this culminates in a single shot of Sam Neill and Chris Pratt standing next to each other. Very clearly, like, new school and old school, teaming up. Look at our leading men, ready to save the day together. And I'm like... This would be a really cool moment if I cared a single morsel about Chris Pratt's character right now. <laughs> like, I didn't know how to put it into words until that specific shot came up. Where it's like, Sam Neill, whose character I really like in this movie. And also, Chris Pratt is standing next to him.
1: So, how much do you... Is it advised that you watch the first three Jurassic Park Parks? movies I mean, to get much from this movie
0: Uh, in terms of like pure like plot what's that word that starts with a C continuity. continuity yeah Uh, no no like it's nice to have that nostalgia and it helps you understand the relationships that the original trilogy has together mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day like it's not gonna like you're not missing any piece of the plot I think I get it's like a six and a half Jurassic World Dominion
1: okay that's not bad yeah It's not great, no, it's not bad. Yeah. So, I'm watching Archer. Okay. I've finished the first two seasons.
0: Have you seen Archer before?
1: Yes. Okay. I haven't watched it all the way through. I've gotten through the first seven seasons. Now there's too many?
0: Yes. I stopped. I specifically remember stopping during Danger Island. Danger Island was my off point.
1: Well, there are now, let me see, 12 seasons. Yeah. I got halfway, and I tried to jump back in where I left off four years ago. I don't remember a thing, dude. Because thing.
0: they try to make it, like, even though each season becomes kind of like its own spin-off, they are still weirdly connected.
1: Yeah, and you need to pay attention. Because there's references all the time. And it also helps the jokes. So, I started over. It's good, bro. It's fire. I love the humor. It's... Like this movie, Rick and Morty, there's something out of that where I'm like in the middle. And it's just like, I think it's just quick jokes. It's very witty. Um, and they're every. It's just loaded with comedy. And a lot of that yeah. stuff is like the action is not realistic. It's it, the whole show is just supposed to be funny. It's not yes. supposed to be serious at all. There's also um,
0: an aesthetic to it that's, you know, can help sell hard. it for someone.
1: Yeah, I'm glad very glad it's like a, a comedy within a spy setting because I can't do Bob's Burgers because it's a weird setting. Like I can't get on board with that. Um all in all, bro, first two seasons are fire and I'm just I'm binging through. The episodes are so short. I'm just going through like four a day.
0: I've awesome. never seen a show have to shift its brand so hard than Archer has in terms of things out of their control.
1: Yeah. That's because
0: uh, let's not forget that the spy agency was, in fact, called ISIS for about four years.
1: Yep. I'm excited. I haven't gotten to the part where they change it yet. I'm excited to see just how hard that hits. Also, they're saying things that you're not supposed to say in the yeah, first couple seasons.
0: That TV show is very much like... I don't want to call it shot comedy, but a lot of it feels like shot comedy.
1: Well, you're, They're saying a lot of things you're not supposed to say, but back then, this came out in 2009... It was on the edge. Now we're way past it. Yeah, back then it was just rude. Yeah. So it's the same thing with like South Park. Like in the beginning, hey man, this stuff was borderline. Now we're it's way past the line. So I just keep that in mind and I can still watch it, you know. But it's pretty good. I like it.
0: Lightyear sucks. Oh my God, I've Lightyear sucks. I've only heard
1: bad things.
0: So, <laughs> where to begin? Um, There are two things about Lightyear that makes this movie not worth your time one the supporting cast is super annoying they try they try to make like a lovable band of idiots but they're not they're just idiots and so every joke that they tell is a groaner and when you tell groaner after groaner after groaner after groaner groaner, it's like can you not take yourself seriously for two seconds
1: that's how much of it is like felt like a Toy Story
0: movie. 0%. I mean, because it's not supposed to be a Toy Story movie. Right. And... But, okay. I don't want to get into all that. this might just have that. to be
1: one of those things that I have to watch it to get it.
0: Yeah, so the idea of, like, the premise of the movie is, like, this is Buzz Lightyear, the character that the toy was based on. So, th- the way people oh. explain it is, like, this is Andy's Star Wars. So... Lightyear is to Andy what Star Wars is to us. So there's no connection to the Toy Story universe. It is just a sci-fi movie with a character we recognize. Okay.
1: Now, that's a good idea. But because you're giving yourself so much of a leash, you can do whatever you want.
0: You can do whatever you want.
1: So it better be good.
0: (laughs) And the second problem I had with it is... All the foreshadowing is as subtle as a wrecking ball. So every time they would reference something, they would reference it like four times. And then when they would finally do the callback to it that they needed, they would they would set it up so they could reference it one final time. Like there's... A part of the movie where Taika Waititi's character is obsessed with this pen in his spacesuit. Like, why does my spacesuit come with a pen? And he just like is clicking it throughout the entire movie. And everyone's like, "Why do you need a pen? No one needs a pen. A pen is such a stupid thing to have." And then in the third act, they're like, "Ah, oh, I need to access this panel. I need something narrow and pointy to access it." And then there's like a beat of silence, and you see everyone's light bulbs turn on in their head. And I'm like, "Gee." I wonder what they're gonna get, dude. And they do that, I kid you not, with like five different elements throughout this ninety-minute movie.
1: Well, that's obnoxious, dude.
0: Yeah. So, uh, just,
1: could you? Did you remember while you were watching this that this is Chris Evans?
0: Yeah, there were a few points where, I, like, you hear when you hear it the first time, you're like, "That's Chris Evans," <clears throat> and then you watch it a little more, and then there are some action scenes, and then you're like, "That's definitely." Chris Evans doing action scenes and then you get to like the final bit. It's like, okay, like there's points in the movie where you hear that's Chris Evans. I also want to
1: call animated, right?
0: Yes, correct. Okay. And I want to call out one I'm going to call this out. It's the last bit of the movie, but I don't care about spoiling it where, um, after the plot of the movie, the commander goes to Buzz Lightyear and he's like, You did such a good job on this mission, you can choose anyone from this elite team of soldiers to be on your crew. And Alex, is someone who has not seen the movie, can you guess what he says? I
1: don't need anyone on this crew.
0: I got my own people. That is almost word for word. And so, that's just the kind of movie that this is. And I'd be willing to forgive it if it took risks. It's a sci-fi movie and they're on one planet the whole movie. (laughs) so it's a four out of ten this movie sucks
1: (laughs) sounds good i watched bill burr presents friends who kill on netflix it's basically him doing 15 minutes of stand-up and then hosting the show while he brings out like seven or eight people
0: netflix has been doing this a lot recently
1: it's good for getting exposure to people a lot of people wouldn't have exposure to it's bad when you bring out people like jimmy carr who already have hella specials out and you put him in front of people that aren't his crowd. Because let me tell you, Jimmy Carr did not do well. Um, that's a bummer. Michelle Wolf's on this. She's very good. I don't know if it was... Michelle Wolf is the kind of person that's going to make you laugh as much as she makes you think. And I did a yes. lot of thinking. Yeah. Oh my golly, that is a really good point. And Michelle um, Wolf is
0: one of those comedians that I haven't seen in a minute.
1: It, she she was... kills it in this. She does like 10 minutes. Sure. But it's a fire 10. Um, David Tell... Uh, comes out with Jeff Ross. They do the bumping mics thing on Netflix. They do it here too. They're roasting people in the crowd. They're just so quick. I wouldn't say it's like funny, but I'm like, it's impressive that you guys are coming up with jokes this fast. Yeah. Um, Ian Edwards is on. He's good. Jessica Kirsten and uh, who else is Steph Toliv. Both of those women are murderous. So good. Josh Adam Myers comes out with the goddamn comedy jam band. So they just like, they're, it gives comedians who all want to be rock stars a chance to sing like parodies, not sure. parodies, just to do cover songs. So Ronnie Chang comes out and does a cover of Teenage Dream, which goes just as well as you think it is. <laughs> and yeah. then uh, Bill Burr comes out again and, and cleans up the show. It's a good, quick watch. I think it's like an hour and some change, but it's it stays fresh because they keep bringing new people out. I would definitely recommend it.
0: Um, last thing I want to talk about is I finally was able to get out and see Top Gun Maverick.
1: Dude, it is outselling everything. I think everything. it passed, um, Doctor Strange.
0: Yeah. And listen, it's really good. <laughs> okay. It's not a God tier movie. Let's get that out of the gate, but it's good. Um, I think obviously like it's way better than the first, like a wow. lot of, a okay. way. like a lot of the problem. What? We The thing that we said the most about the first Top Gun is anytime they're not in the plane, it's boring. Right. And this movie does alleviate a good amount of that. It puts a lot of emphasis on the human relationship between the pilots and how they rely on each other in uh, and how their relationships in real life can affect them in the air. Gotcha. Which I thought was interesting to see um a lot of this movie there are a lot of cliches in this movie so um miles teller plays goose's son who I is, heard,
1: dude I just looked up some pictures they look very similar
0: they do they look very similar and so there's a plot point where miles is a is has this beef with Maverick because um Maverick pulled his uh naval application papers so he couldn't join the military for four years and he set his career back and the movie is like uh miles tellers character rooster like wanting to be on this mission respecting maverick as a captain but not so much as a person got you and and there are some cliches about that and you see kind of like you can guess where that relationship goes pretty beat by beat but All in all, the action is really cool. The tension is very engaging. Um, Jennifer Connelly is there. Um, And uh, there's just a lot of really good stuff about this movie. Um, I was able to see it in theaters. I don't know if that makes or breaks the experience, um, but it was cool. I really liked it, like a seven and a half, I think.
1: Yeah, I definitely want to see it, especially since we just watched Top Gun, like, recently. I feel like it'd be really good. Sweet man, that wraps up this segment, Moonlighting, comes back every once in a while when we have a little bit of time to watch some stuff on our off time. Very Alex, what's our one hit? It's called Holiday Hijacking, because this past weekend was Father's Day. And, like, every Father's Day, a bunch of people congratulate their mothers. And that's obnoxious. Not only because Mother's Day was last month. Dude, give it some space. But a lot of people are like, well, I didn't grow up with a dad. So my mom did both jobs. Then thank her double on her holiday, bro. (laughs) So I have a little thing called holiday hijacking where we have a bunch of holidays. You can think of them. And we're going to think of who would take over that holiday. If it's not just these people, who else would have it? You can go off the names. You can go off whatever. But this holiday does not just belong to one group. And I'll start it off. Labor Day. Moms are taking this one, bro, because they went into labor.
0: Yo, you got something against moms today, I guess. Bro, I'm
1: just saying it's obnoxious, dude. I've had two Father's Day, and this is like the first one I get to like celebrate. And I'm just like, my my mom, well my mom. Hey, bro, you don't see a whole lot of single dads getting a lot of action on Mother's Day because they did both jobs. So I'm saying Labor Day. If you want another day, have Labor Day, bro, because y'all went into labor.
0: Okay. Unless you didn't,
1: in which I'm, I'm sorry. Okay, it is what it is. Veterinarians are taking over Veterans Day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. they'd be like, oh, you guys want vets? Well, we're technically fitting that demographic. <laughs> I feel like there's something from Memorial Day. Oh, bro. I think, I don't know this for sure. I really don't. But I think Memorial Day is supposed to, like, respect those who died in combat. Yeah. I think it's so close to just being dead people day. So it's this like, is
0: not so much a you want us to kind of, like make you know far reaches this is you being like hey what are what holidays are so close to desecration we can kind of just push them that extra line over (laughs) hey it's just like
1: what group if they had a little extra juice one year could take over a holiday
0: well because a lot of people complain about valentine's day being you know um
1: Singles awareness or something like
0: that. I was going to say like uh, a factory, like a factorized holiday. It's a Hallmark holiday. Yes, a Hallmark holiday made to sell things. And to that, I can say, well, you can also call it um, uh, Rude People's Day. Because, hey, guys, it's okay to have a day for your partner.
1: (laughs) Yeah, bro. Like, that's okay. (laughs) There are straight savages that come out on Valentine's Day saying, well, I don't just just respect or love my partner one day a year and then there's a whole another side that goes i don't need a day to show love to people and i'm single so you guys have your day but i'm gonna spend here alone eating ice cream i'm like okay okay so let's talk about it
0: let's talk about it like this in theory there are four days in which you celebrate your significant other which Er, is a lot so because like you have anniversaries their their birthday the anniversary valentine's day and if you wanted to be that person you could go for thanksgiving too
1: yeah, no, but thanks. that's a stretch. Uh,
0: and so, like, there are days in which you can celebrate your partner. So, if you're like, I only celebrate them, I don't need to celebrate them only on Valentine's Day. Yeah, but if you're skipping over the one designed to do that, what does that say about you?
1: Yeah, man. It means you're trying to be difficult.
0: It's like, I didn't want to go support my. I didn't want to support my wife at her recital because everyone else is going to be at the recital. And I want to support her in private. Like, no, you're wrong, actually. You're wrong about that one.
1: It's obnoxious, dude. It's and obnoxious.
0: The I think it's weird when people do public. Okay, so just to fit along with the theme of the one hit is I think Thanksgiving Day is very close to being virtue signaling day.
1: Oh, 100%, dude. I'm thankful that I live in a country that is trying their best and is so fortunate and we're evolving to keep up. I'm like, hey, man, just say you're thankful that you have a house to live in. What are we doing, bro? And the people that go out
0: of their way to be like, I'm thankful for my friends and I'm thankful for my family and I'm thankful for my job and I'm thankful for my cat and I'm thankful for my house. And they I'm think someone's going to interrupt and be like,
1: wow. You're not thankful for me, are you? No, bro. It's not even like that. It's not even like that. So, dude, here's the thing. Columbus Day got repurposed, right? For a good reason.
0: For a good reason.
1: I'm just saying, we don't need to do that for every holiday. <laughs> not everyone needs one of those, dude. Let Especially if there's already a holiday. Don't do another one, bro. We're good. Have
0: you met... Any, hey, this just turned into the intro at the end of the episode. Uh, did you... Ever know anybody that genuinely celebrated Christmas in July?
1: Okay. So I had a big camping family. Okay. And campgrounds love that stuff, bro. Huh. Interesting. Because you got three holidays organically. Yes. in camp camping season. It's Memorial Day, Fourth of July, and Labor Day. So if you want to throw some extra th- stuff in there, try to generate some revenue. It all has to be
0: done stuff. artificially.
1: Yeah. And it has to be sandwiched in the 90 days. So they throw in a Christmas in July. And that's when, like, people start celebrating the s- summer solstice. I'm like, well,
0: not a thing.
1: The first day of summer.
0: Which is today. Uh, Which is today. Yeah.
1: Which is cool, <laughs> right? But uh, doesn't matter. Yeah, doesn't not at all. Matter.
0: I, I, it does matter to certain cultures. But in general, our culture, not so much.
1: <laughs> hey, the culture that goes camping for fun doesn't matter.
0: So what we're saying is let's look at holidays Re-examine their definitions, adjust them if necessary, and then stick to that.
1: Yes, and that's it. Yeah. That's all I got. All
0: right. Well, next week we're going to be wrapping up our Terminator franchise month. We're going to be walking. We are going to be watching Terminator Genesis and Terminator Dark Fate, and we're going to see what kind of crazy cliffhanger they they uh leave us with.
1: Yeah, because there's a pretty good chance they're just going to keep coming out with this stuff.
0: But until then, my name is Craig Wells, A.K.A. Permanent Handle.
1: And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good.
0: Have fun, be safe, and make good choices.
1: And while you're at it, tell your mom I said hi.
0: See you next week.
1: Deuces.